Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. Today is Worldview Wednesday. And last Wednesday, we said that worldviews answer the major questions of life. And the first question that we posited was, is there an ultimate authority? Is there a who to explain the what's and why's of the universe and of life? For the Christian, the one who, who is in command and charge, is easy. It's the triune God. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 23 says, To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance or confess to God. Romans chapter 14 verse 11 says, For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Matthew 28 verse 18, Jesus says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. We understand as Christians that we are to be under the Lordship of Christ and His Word. That is our ultimate authority. But even still, where do we learn of this authority? Well, we learn it from the Bible. Ever since the beginning of creation, God has revealed Himself in two major ways, general revelation and special revelation. God has deemed it necessary to accompany general revelation with special revelation. So, for instance, God spoke audibly to Adam about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He appeared in dreams and visions to the patriarchs. He appeared in a burning bush and tablets of stone to Moses. He appeared to the apostles in the life and words of Jesus. And today, his special revelation to us is the inspired word of God. So I want to take a look at three internal evidences of the Bible's authority as the Word of God. And these internal evidences all relate to Jesus. So I want you to understand first, Jesus's trust of the Bible's authority. Now, when it comes to Jesus, people may like his decency, but they often balk at his divinity. They approve of him and his teachings until he starts claiming to be God. But not only did he claim to be God, he claimed that all of Scripture to be authoritative. So think about this. Jesus consistently referred to the Old Testament as the present and eternal truth for God. When he quotes Scripture, he uses the present tense or the perfect tense, which indicates that the teachings of the Old Testament are for now. Jesus always assumes that Scripture is the final in authority and that each part of Scripture is of equal authority. Whether it's an obscure reference to how King David referred to God or the Pharisees' objection to him calling himself the Son of God. Not only that, but Jesus always assumes that Old Testament prophecies must be fulfilled as given. He refers to them as that which which must be fulfilled. Also think about this. Jesus always treats the miracles of the Old Testament as if they happen just as they are written. So Adam and Eve's literal existence, Noah's flood, Sodom's judgment, Moses and the burning bush, Jonah and the great fish. Jesus also leans on Old Testament authority in his personal spiritual anguish. During the temptations and in his crucifixion, he's quoting the Old Testament. And Jesus never hesitated to confront error, even error in interpretation of the Scriptures, but He never says that Scripture is in error. If anything, He takes the interpretation of the Old Testament to its fullest extent. So you see Jesus' understanding that the Old Testament is authoritative, but we also see in the New Testament Jesus' assertion of His personal 
authority. Jesus' personal authority is part of the authority of the Bible. And Jesus' claim that had him crucified was not that he claimed to be God's spokesperson. Plenty of prophets had done that previously. The claim that had him crucified was his claim to be God, a claim to divine authority. This can be seen in several different ways. The Old Testament prophets would say, thus says the Lord. But Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. This is telling in two different ways. First, Jesus is most definitely putting himself ahead in terms of rank of authority over the Old Testament prophets. Secondly, Jesus is resting all of his teaching on his own authority and not the authority of a previous rabbi, which is what most rabbis did in those days. He is claiming a divine authority to reveal what God wants us to know and understand. But not only that, Jesus claimed to be God directly when he said in John chapter 8, verse 58, Truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. In John chapter 10, verse 30, he claims to be of the same essence of God whenever he says, I and the Father are one. And in John chapter 14, verses 7 through 9, that those who had seen Jesus had seen God. In Matthew chapter 28, he claims to have authority in heaven and on earth. But we see this third internal evidence. Jesus confers authority on the apostles. The apostles of Jesus were eyewitnesses to Jesus' authority and his resurrection. And before Jesus goes back to heaven, he conferred authority upon the apostles. Now, why should we trust the words of Jesus? Who really cares if he viewed the Old Testament as authoritative? And who cares if he claimed divine authority? And who cares if he conferred any authority upon the apostles? Why should we listen to Jesus? Well, I've got a one-word answer for us. Resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus validates all that Jesus said. Today, when you pray, please pray for Reina Costa El Haj and her family, our missionaries in Jordan. Also remember the Woe Kareen Life Word broadcast that's heard in Burma and Myanmar.